welcome to Not the Mama with Auntie Julia. I am your host, Auntie Julia, and dun 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 dun, it's our anniversary episode. I can't believe it's been one whole year. And if you are on the ball listeners, you will know that this is anniversary episode 2.0. <laughs> so I we're coming at you actually now. This is Friday. Friday, June 21st, 2019, our first premiere episode with guest was on uh, June 21st, 2018, Um, so so we're a day late than we normally are, we're usually on Thursdays, Um, I did post an episode yesterday, now I deleted that episode because... I was rushed. I when I recorded it, uh, there was a weird feedback sound noise on it. So I just wanted to do a better job at what I was trying to do yesterday. So I hope you'll listen again if you're out there. If you already listened, I promise it's not just going to be a total repeat. Um, oh my gosh, I will confess that. <laughs> Um, you know the Golden Girls theme song, Thank You for Being a Friend? Well, I rewrote it with child-free lyrics, and I was going to sing it, (laughs) but I'm not going to do that. I I watch too much Housewives of all these psychos who think they can sing, and I know that I cannot sing. I know. Um, my mom wouldn't let me take voice lessons when I was a child because she didn't like the other moms who had their kids in voice lessons and didn't want to hang out with them, so... I'm blaming it on my mother. Um, <laughs> if she's listening, I'm just teasing, but that is kind of true. Um, I got to do plenty of musical things. It didn't stick with me personally. Maybe I'll just post the lyrics eventually because they're super cute. Thank you for being child-free. Um, yeah, you can hear that. I was even going to do it to music, too. But I am not Luann Delaseps. I am not Cabaret. Um, we all know my technical abilities aren't good enough to auto-tune to the point of being listenable. So, sorry, our anniversary will have no vocal celebration, but it will have a, you know, retelling of thoughts and feelings about things I've learned in the past year, how I've grown in the past year, and what we're looking forward to in year number two. Um, oh, also, since yesterday, I learned how to turn off the ping noise on my text notifications on my computer. So that will never happen to us again. And I specially recorded my intro music, so it's never going to be weird sounding. Um, It will always be clear and delightful electro love pop that we've all come to tolerate because I love it. (laughs) Anyway, so lots of growth since literally yesterday. Year two is looking up, listeners. Uh, First and foremost, again, I'm reiterating... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends to listen, family to listen. Thank you for following me on Instagram. Thank you for sending me emails. Thank you for just being really awesome and helping me grow this little tiny project into something that I'm really proud of. Um, I just, you know, obviously couldn't do it without you. And it's been a super cool year. I can't believe it's already been a year. Uh, There are times I've wanted to quit, for sure, because creating content is really hard, and all the time I feel self-doubt, like I'm not doing a good job, that I'm not, you know, qualified to do this. But you know what? You know what's qualifying me? The fact that I'm fucking doing it, okay? So thank you for supporting me, encouraging me. I just had to edit out a cough. 
So you're also welcome that I've learned how to do that. Incredible, incredible growth in only one year. It's truly remarkable. Um, anyway, so listeners, in addition to thanking you and just being so grateful for all of your feedback and interaction, um, I am excited to announce that Not The Mama is doing its first live podcast recording and show on July 2nd in Brooklyn, New York City. So if you are local, please, please, please come on out. We have partnered with an awesome organization, Audio Loves Company, um, and the tickets are free. So the link to or the link to where you can get them, all the information is in the details of this week's episode. Um, so I really hope you'll come out. I have it's gonna be a mini. So the cool thing about this is um, Audio Loves Company is starting this like really cool new group of uh, podcast live recording hosting events. Um, and so we are kind of helping them get off the ground there. We're doing it. It will be a mini episode. So really just a taste of what not the mama is, but two of our absolute favorite guests, not the mama, uh, supporters will be on. Um, so it will be super fun. Also, there's another special surprise podcast that I think all of my listeners would be really into because they're super cute and cool and funny. Um, So it's going to be such a party. And um, it's also a secret show. So it means you get your ticket and then a couple days before the event, the exact location will be given to you. So that's always mysterious and intriguing. Um, It is in Bushwick, though, Brooklyn. So it's not like you're going to be completely shocked by the location. Um, but yeah, so I hope that you'll come on out. It'd be great to have some listeners there to support, um, us into our new second year vibe. Uh, doing a live show was one of the goals. So I'm super excited that it's happening. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be such a party. So I hope to see you and get to meet you in person. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, also, Oh, what else is upcoming? Oh, well, so I don't have a guest today because I'm doing a special anniversary redo episode. Anniversary 2.0, first anniversary take two. Um, But next week, I'm excited because Lane is going to be back on the podcast. Uh, You all know him and love him, my special boyfriend. Uh, Lane Pichel will be joining me to talk about the show The Office, the American U.S. version. Um, I'm sure there's a ton of fans out there. We've recently re-watched it and had so many new child-free thoughts about it. Um, So we're going to kind of break those down and just have like a silly fun chat. So that's upcoming next week. So get pumped. Um, And then also coming up soon, my friend Megan Gailey, you know and love her from the Hysteria podcast. Uh, I'm sure you've seen her perform in some capacity because she's always on TV. Um, She is going to join us for the June book club book pick, which is Lady from the Black Lagoon. We're we're already having some controversial thoughts and opinions about it. Um, But I'm super excited because, I mean, Megan is such a joy and a delight. So uh, stay tuned for that. That will be an upcoming episode, too. Um, But yeah, so we've got a lot of fun things planned and going forward. So basically for the anniversary episode, what I wanted to talk about overall um, was just kind of what I've learned over the year and then what I see going forward for us in the future. Um, You know, outside of just the, you know, 
running of the podcast, I think what I've learned definitely, I've definitely learned so much more about the child-free community and also about how I define myself as being child-free. Um, but I think the most important thing, the most important takeaway from this last year and, you know, being so public and vocal about my child-free status is that I am so assured that this is right for me. Um, I mean, not that I wasn't before, but, you know, when you kind of go out on a limb and start talking publicly about something that a lot of people really do find to be controversial, it can be a little scary because what if you change your mind, right? Like there's those seeds of self-doubt that get planted. Um, But every day that's gone by, I'm just more and more assured in my decision to be child-free and I get more and more excited about the future, about, you know, what's to come. Um, you know, there's lots of fun stuff ahead for me and also for Lane and the teenies and our families. And I don't feel any type of loss or emptiness or missing peace. Um, and not that I obviously started a podcast and think that I would come to find any of that, but I just think it's really important as a person who, you know, is leading some part, uh, a small piece of the child-free discussion, that I just completely reaffirm that occasionally. Um, You know, and that it's fun to be child-free and to be really confident in it. And it's not weird to me at all. And it shouldn't be weird to other people. And it's just normal and cool and a completely valid lifestyle decision. Um, I think you know, it might come across as being a little bit like, okay, you're, you're really hammering it in. You're, it's almost like you're being, you're being too forward about explaining your decision. Um, but it's actually really important to do that. And I think what I've learned the most, uh, with, uh, some of the guests I've had on, but then also just private conversations I've had with different people, uh, whether it be listeners or friends, Um, it's really hard for people to say publicly that they're child-free, even if all they completely are in their regular lives. Uh, Certainly, it's difficult to say it publicly on a platform that you don't really have control over after it goes out into the world, Um, but it's really hard to admit it to a lot of people in your personal lives, too, like your family and certain friends. Um, So that's why I just feel like the need to reaffirm that a lot and to keep repeating it Um, Because the more I repeat it, the more comfortable and confident other people listening will feel in repeating it in their own world. Um, So I feel like that's a huge, huge lesson that I've learned that um, just because I assume somebody is confident and collected and firmly decided in their decision, it doesn't mean that they're able to vocalize that yet. Um, Which I think is true of a lot of different types of marginalized people. And, you know, even getting comfortable kind of calling child-free people marginalized is difficult for me because, you know, as I've said so many times, obviously I'm this white, you know, privileged woman in America, educated, have a good job, um, you know, pretty secure in my life. Um, It's hard to speak to something being you know, dangerous for me other than, you know, being a woman or whatever, you know. Um, But no, I, I, so I don't want to minimize that, but I do think that child-free people is a marginalized community in that it's considered weird still. Um, One of the most recent articles that's kind of floating around on the internet right now that a lot of child-free 
uh, people are sharing, uh, which was published three days ago on an Australian website uh, called Life or abc.net.au. I'll have the post. I'll link to the post on my website. Um, but it says more women are choosing not to have kids, and society can't cope. Um, and then it begins with, quote unquote, I don't want to have kids. It's the kind of statement that often prompts total disbelief. It's known to end conversations, leaving behind confused blank faces and dropped jaws, especially when coming from a woman. The response is always, you'll change your mind eventually, says Jess Saris, 32. She's child-free by choice, and despite being confident in her decision, Jess is constantly undermined by society's inability to separate women and motherhood. I mean, Jess is clearly Australian, and... Uh, you know, obviously there are lots of different ways to be child-free, but any, if somebody was writing this article about me, the, it could start the exact same way. You know, all of these kind of interactions are universal and we're met with complete, you know, it's total disbelief, exactly what they say. And it is changing and we're working to change that. It just doesn't mean that it doesn't make you feel less marginalized. It doesn't make you feel less um, sort of outsider-y. Um, and that people aren't skeptical of you. Um, so that's why I just think, uh, it's important to keep reaffirming it publicly and to say it over and over again, um, that, uh, you know, it's important to understand that not everyone can share in the same way right away. And that those of us who can, like myself, uh, should do so loudly and enthusiastically as much as possible. So you're lucky that I like to hear myself talk because I'm not quitting anytime soon. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I think it's kind of interesting to look back on this year and just realize that, uh, you know, this is going to be a lifelong thing to untangle, I think, even though people are, you know, becoming more and more vocal about their choice not to have children and society is becoming slightly more accepting of it or trying to be understanding of it, I think I should say, um, it's still going to be a long time before it's just a normalized lifestyle where you're good with children, you're good without children, everybody goes about their business, these crises of identity and relationships are not going to be as severe um, we'll all kind of have a way of relating to one another with a norm, more normalcy. Um, so I'm hopeful for that day to come sooner rather than later. Uh, but just doing this podcast has made me realize how much work there is to do. And that just because you want people to fully understand you, uh, and you think you're communicating clearly, it doesn't mean that they will. Um, and then kind of to branch off from that, uh, I, you know, to go back to talking about the child-free community in general and what I've learned, uh, there's no one way to be child-free, not at all. And, uh, I think sometimes, as I've said in the past, certain people want to be a little bit more limiting than I feel is necessary or even valuable. Um, and so I hope that if you've listened for a while, or even if you're just tuning in, that the takeaway is that we're open and accepting here of all uh, ideas about what it means to be child-free. If you're a nurturer, that's amazing. If you're not a nurturer, great. If you like pets, awesome. If you don't, cool. Uh, if you're proud to be an aunt or uncle, you lean into that. If you're proud to be, you know, a supporter of your friend's children, you lean into that. But if not, if you don't want kids around you at all, cool too. 
Um, I just feel like we're kind of trying to section people out. And I think that as long as we're all respectful of one another, it's good, you know? So I hope we can make more room for people in the child-free community. I know sometimes, sometimes when people go out on a limb first to identify as something that is marginalized, they get a little bristly when more people come in and it's just easier for them. And I, I totally understand that. I completely do. However, it's not helpful for you and your cause to just remain an outsider forever either. You know, um, all of the things you complain about being obnoxious, they're going to keep happening. You're not going to have that relief if it doesn't become more acceptable to choose the way you've chosen to live your life. So it's kind of, I think, it's an interesting world, an interesting community that I feel like I'm still learning more and more about. Um, but also feel like not a fraud at all to be in just because I like kids and have friends that have kids and enjoy my family with children. Um, you know, I am 1 million percent child free. So there's room for all of us. Even if you're a stepmom, even if you wanted kids and that didn't happen for you, please come on, welcome aboard. I hope we can make that, you know, loss easier for you in some way and provide compassion and understanding. Um, and if you get to a place of choosing that you identify as child-free, then that's awesome. Um, but we certainly won't force you. Um, I just feel like there's room for us all. And that's really important for me. Um, now, having said all of that, the other thing that I've learned is that there is no fucking room or space for pro-life progressives. Nope. Nope. Definitely no room or space for anti-choice lunatics. Um, you know, I, I get it so much more because obviously, like, trolls aren't going to go out of their way to listen to a full podcast about something that they don't like. But they're certainly having enough time to go online and search hashtags that they completely disagree with and then, tr like, comment the most obnoxious ridiculous things. Sometimes that are on posts on my Instagram that have nothing to do with abortion. Now, of course, you know, one of the core tenets of the pod is enthusiastically pro-choice. And I'm never apologizing for that. I'm never taking that off. That's a huge tenet that I feel every day becomes more and more important based on the uh, political climate that we're living in. Um, but it's really quite shocking that people have all of this time to seek out ideas that they don't care about or support. Um, and I don't really get it uh, at all. I don't, none of them have, I mean, and I just have kind of come, come to the point, I just block them eventually, but sometimes I can't resist a sassy little comment back, like, uh, get a better life. Because uh, it's it's true. This is your one precious life. You say life, life, life. I, I only care about life. And then this is what you're choosing to do with your own life? Harass women on the internet? Come on. Get over it. The, it's just, it's too much. So um, we're obviously going to be leaning in to being much more pro-choice in the next year. Especially because today uh, it was just announced that the Trump administration found a way and was approved to uh, cut even more funding from Planned Parenthood. So it's, uh, we're in, we're in tricky times and, uh, I want to be a person who is clear in my convictions, um, who publicly states, states my opinions and feelings on things. 
And my personal belief is that if you are child-free, it doesn't align with not being pro-choice. It's just, it's an impossibility uh, for you not to be pro-choice without being a hypocrite. And that's a harsh statement, Um, but it's true. Um, So yeah, so my welcomingness is uh, limited in that I do not have time to mess around anymore or cater to the feelings of people who want to control other people. I don't, I don't get it. I just get a life, get out of here. Um, so another thing that I've learned this year is that I definitely feel like the older that you get as I'm, I will be, you know, I'm 34 now, I will be 35 at the end of the summer. Um, friendships are hard to make new friends is hard. And I think a lot of times we do blame that on people becoming parents or, you know, parents only wanting to be friends with other people's, other people with children or, you know, not understanding people without children. Um, but I just think it's hard in general. And I think there's some, lots of reasons for this. Uh, somebody was tweeting about this actually this week where they were like, I want to set up a app that connects you to friends after you're 30. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I would sign up for that immediately. I know there's Bumble. I know that, but Bumble, I don't know, whatever. They're kind of, it's fine. Bumble is fine. I, why am I, I, here I am, I'm talking about how I need more friends and there's already an app that exists to help me find that and I'm already being whiny about it. That could be a problem. That could be a reason why I don't have that many friends. I have so many friends. I don't know why I'm being like whiny. I just mean, I think what happens is we get into our thirties and we're just, you know, especially if we don't have children, we've got time and we want to fill it with people that we love. And more and more, uh, we're all living all over the place. So it's hard to, you know, be across the street from your best friend of forever. I know a lot of my friends have moved to LA, um, you know, just because of opportunities and jobs and stuff. And, Um, it's hard to find intimacy at the pace that you want it to come to when you're an adult. Like when you're a kid, when you're a kid, you have to be home all day, all the time. I'm getting back to this tweet thread that this woman posted. One of the commenters on it said that she feels like she had so many friends when she was young, not just because you're a kid, but because you're at school and all the other kids are forced to be around you so that eventually your awkwardness and weird traits kind of that burns off and becomes, you know, like it becomes an endearing quality that you have. And whereas adults, um, you know, at work, sure, you can make friends at work, of course. Um, but otherwise we don't have that much opportunity to interact with other people and, you know, in this like repeated setting all the time. So I just thought that was kind of like a funny, um, funny aside, but I think, you know, what I've learned from the podcast and specifically with other child-free listeners and child-free friends is, you know, there's a deep longing to have more intimate connections with other child-free people, but because we tend to be, um, you know, in the minority of our original friend groups, uh, from, you know, when you're making friends in high school, when you're making friends in college, uh, you know, most people go off and get married and have children eventually. And even if you stay connected and you have great relationships, you still want people around you who can kind of affirm and understand you and your choices without having, you know, to explain yourself without having to start a whole fucking podcast, you know, to kind of talk it through. 
I feel very blessed that most people in my life completely understand me. So, um, all of my weirdness and awkwardness is burned off for them, which I'm very grateful for, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like you just want people who are available for you and on the same timetable for you. And so I think that's something that I want to think about more going on in the future too, like how we do formulate new friendships and, um, you know, all of that. So, um, it's pretty interesting and, um, I've been looking into it a little bit more. Um, one of the other, um, articles I want to uh, share with you, um, and just read a little bit off of is from HuffPost. It was a guest writer piece that was published a couple years or two years ago, or no, not even last October. So it's, it's fresh. Um, but it's titled, this is what no one tells you about being child free in your forties. And the writer is, her name is Matina Calliope, 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 I don't know. Listen, listeners, we all know by now I can't pronounce anything. It's just, it's a problem. Um, I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. Anyway, um, I just like the way she starts it where... Uh, She says, years ago at a crowded happy hour after work, my friend pointed out a man with his kid on his shoulders. Why would you bring a baby to a bar? My friend marveled. Yeah, I said, why would you have a baby? And I just like that joke. So I wanted to point it out. But um, she goes off to talk about kind of like her friendship arc uh, from her 20s to her 30s to now being in her 40s. And you know, how things change and how she's kind of gone through, you know, this journey to become child-free now that she's 46. Um, And it echoes sort of the struggle of maintaining friendships, relationships, something that we're all thinking about. And I guess this also stands out to me too, because I just think that people sort of devalue adult friendship um, and replace it with marriage and, you know, family commitments and children And I just feel like from every corner of every part of the world with people my age and older, everyone is wanting friends and craving friendship and it hasn't diminished. We all want that still. Um, And so I hope that part of this trend towards more child-free people and talking this through a little bit and to also, you know, another of our core tenants being better relationships with our friends and family who do have children, that this kind of becomes a more talked about topic as well where we're all okay admitting that we need friends and want friends as adults and that it's not just about work and home and that's it, that we want to have meaningful relationships with people uh, that last and, and you know, serve other parts of ourself um, that can't be, you know, soothed by husbands, wives, children, parents, cousins, extended family, you know, co-workers, that you just really do want that type of special commitment that comes from friendship. So I think that, you know, for anyone listening who's written in to me who has talked about, you know, wanting that, we're, I mean, this is part of the whole point of this podcast, like to connect and feel less alone. And I think that that's a cool thing that I'm realizing, but then also something that's a little overwhelming too, because it's a lot of work that we all have to do to get comfortable and confident enough to say like, yeah, the steps of life, marriage, kids, you know, buying a house, job stuff, all of that is important or whatever to certain people. 
But that for all of us, even those of us who, you know, those steps aren't important to, friendship, it needs to be a a matter, it's a point of connection. It's a, you know, that's, it's a bridge to understanding each other. Um, So I hope we all start to kind of put more effort and focus into the meaningful friendships in our lives and that we carve out purposeful time for that because uh, it's a valuable quality um, and it's a valuable thing that we need and want, you know? So um, I think that's been a cool lesson for me to learn and it gives me more motivation to keep going in my endeavor with Not The Mama. Um... So I guess going forward in the next year, some of my goals and hopes are that um, we do more themed episodes, which are very focused on certain child-free things that everybody talks about all the time, like, um, you know, finances, having more money, not necessarily having more money, Um, what you can do with your time and your money when you don't have kids. I definitely want to explore that a little bit more. Um, My friend Lisa and I last night were talking about you know, just like our time, time in general, like taking a more uh, intricate look into how child-free people spend their time, not connected to money or anything like that, but just like, you know, what are we doing? Like, why, you know, why is it important to us to have this free time or what are, what is filling our time if we don't really have that much more free time? I don't necessarily think child-free people have more free time than, uh, than people with kids. I just don't, I don't buy it. I think that's a lie being sold to us by all these busy parents, which no one's saying you're not busy. It's just that other people have lots going on too, and you don't know what people without kids are doing. So that's kind of, I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about the environment, um, you know, and that being kind of a logical, rational decision to not have children. But then with that, I also want to talk about the slippery slope of when we talk about who has kids and who should have kids and, you know, limiting people's ability to have children um, you know, setting, you know, laws or boundaries just because of what's happening to the planet. I think for different groups of people, it, it should require different considerations. For instance, myself as a Western European white person, we are the main consumers. We are the ones that have set up the system as is we are the main polluters. Um, so I don't necessarily think that it's one size fits all to tell me that I, or for me to be telling other people out there not have kids, I feel like that's kind of, it's been proven over and over throughout history how dangerous that is coming from people in authority. Um, So I kind of want to talk about that more and be more thoughtful about that and kind of figure it out a little bit as to, you know, personal responsibility with the environment, not having kids, because obviously not having kids is a great way to cut back on, overpopulation for sure, but also pollution and consumption and all of the terrible things that are happening. Um, and then I want to do more fun episodes. I want to have Lane back on more often and talk about different, uh, things that we're liking, reading, thinking about, I mean, the book club, we'll see how that keeps going. I don't know what I'm, that's one lesson that I've learned. I'm a failure at running a book club. (laughs) I just, I mean, I'm happy about it, like, because it's something, it is a challenge for me, clearly, I, but I just feel like I've assigned myself homework, and why should I feel that way if it's something that I'm doing this podcast because I like doing it? Why have I made it more complicated for myself? 
Um, but anyway, the book club is continuing, but I'm just saying in addition to that, uh, to be, have more fun media based episodes of, uh, child free, uh, themes, because what Lane and I have been noticing is that we are becoming more and more aware of child free storylines and craving it more because once you realize how rare it is, it's like, Oh my gosh, I need it. Um, and then I'm also realizing that my standards are falling for child free media, or they're not as high as they would be for other types of media or stories about people with kids because um, I'm just like so in need of more stories of people who just don't have kids and it's not like a weird or a weird thing or a tragedy or anything. Um, and the two examples that are most recently on my mind are uh, Wine Country on Netflix, the Amy Poehler movie, um, and then the new Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston movie, Murder Mystery. So first I have to say, Wine Country, really, truly, not really a great movie. But it's about a group of women friends in their 50s, which you never get anyway. And I would say more than half of them are child-free. So, And it's not weird, and they're fr- they can be friends with parents, and it's like not a big deal. Um, it's just story-wise, it was kind of odd. There were some holes. But cute and fine. Like, we finished it. It's not like we turned it off. Um, and then Murder Mystery, we actually really loved um, it's not a dorky Adam Sandler, I mean, cause he's problematic, but it's not like his other movies. It's just kind of cute and fun. It's a spoof on, you know, the, uh, Orient Express, the, those type of murder mystery, uh, Poirot stories, um, without being too spoofy, if that makes sense. But he, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston play characters who are married and middle-aged and don't have kids and it's no big deal it's not like a big tragedy so we enjoyed that a lot so I highly recommend both of those if you're just looking for child-free stories but I also hope to bring you more options in the year to come um and of course we'll still talk about the big themes like friendship and um you know even the pangs of wanting children I, I think like Sometimes we're so harsh about what it means to be child-free that we just don't allow for it to be a continually developing decision that you make throughout your reproductive life. Um, And that you can change your mind and that's okay. Or you can just kind of have a moment of just being like, oh, I was at my cousin's baby shower and, and, you know, it was just so wonderful and I felt so loved and all of that and maybe I want that for myself. Like, those are kind of normal reactions to nice events. Now, you know, it usually goes away. That's what a pang is. It's not something that stays forever. It's just something that kind of hits you every now and then and then moves on. And, you know, I personally don't have those. Like, I like being around kids, but I never, I'm never around kids and being like, oh man, I wish I had this kid or I, I want a kid. It's just, that's just never what I experience. But I believe lots of child-free people are, you know, questioning it occasionally all the time. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think it lessens their commitment to the cause or their value in the community. So we've got a lot of those great um, ideas coming up. So I'm just, uh, thank you for re-listening. I actually said I was going to post this on Friday at at the beginning, but I'm just going to post it now because, like, what am I waiting for, right? So coming to you tonight, uh, Eastern Standard Time, around 7 p.m., not the Mama Anniversary redo episode. So thank you. I hope it's not weird. I mean, I'm going to listen to it now, and I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, is it, like, bad recording again? But no. 
there's at least no text pings in this one because I've, I've solved that problem. So anyway, listeners, thank you so much. If you're tuning in for the first time, please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes if that's how you're listening. It really, really helps us. Um, also, uh, write to us, engage on Instagram, not the mama media. Email us at notthemamapod at gmail.com. You can also submit to us through our website, notthemamapod.com. We're all over the place. We're doing great. Um, So I just want to thank you again so much for this last year. I'm so excited moving forward. And um, hopefully we'll see some of you out at Audio Loves Company, our live show, July 2nd, 7 p.m., New York City. Please come out. It will be worth your time. It's free, and there's some cool talent that's going to be there. So I'm not going to give too much away. It's a surprise. Um, But I cannot wait to see you all IRL. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful rest of your day.